Good morning. How is everybody doing today? Good, I hope. Yeah, that's great. It is so good to see everybody and be here. And I'm thankful for everyone I got to speak to. And if you're visiting today, welcome to New Hope. We're so thankful that you're here. If you're watching online, hello, and we love you and we miss you and we hope everyone is well. Um, I don't really have any announcements today. So we'll just talk. No. There's a lot of information in the bulletin. I encourage you to look through that. Um, and really, I just ask for your prayers as VBS is coming up. Um, we know that Vacation Bible School is a big event, and it's exciting, and there's a lot of work involved for a lot of people that are giving their time. And I just ask, really, that you simply pray for the kids that are coming. I ask that you pray for their families, and I just we've got a few more weeks, and I'm going to ask you each week to remember to pray to prepare their hearts and their families' hearts and our leaders in that um, event. All right, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer now. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We thank you for the new beautiful day you've given us. We thank you, thank you for this church that you've blessed us with. We thank you for the people that are in here, our family members, our brothers and sisters that encourage us, that, that build us up, that are there to listen to us. I pray over each person in here that you, you work through them in this morning so that they will come closer to you, that they will feel the need to, to commit their lives even more to you, to follow your words. I pray over the praise band, Pastor Russ, that we'll use them in a mighty way to build your kingdom and to, and to build disciples here, Lord, because we are simply made to honor, to worship you, and to spread your news to others. And I pray that over all of us. I thank you so much for all of your blessings, from the smallest of creatures, to the family members, to the things that we have been given that are all from you. We love you so much. Amen.
Again, I ask today, is that our prayer that God would use us? And then how might God use us? Are we open to God using us in any way that He wants? <clears throat> I'm not a... <laughs> you, you, you can look at my yard and tell that I'm not a big gardener. Okay, we don't have that much room uh, where I live to, to, to do much of a garden. But with the exception of the last couple of years, we have, we, we usually put out some tomatoes and, and cucumbers, you know, just to say we have a garden, I guess. But really, I wasn't even sure what qualifies for a garden, you know. And so I looked it up before I could really come up here and say, I have a garden, okay. <clears throat> I know some of you are really laughing at me because you got acres of you know, rows and rows of, of garden right now. And so I went to the, to the dictionary, and so I looked up garden, and a garden is a plot of ground where herbs, fruit, flowers, vegetables are cultivated, or a container such as a window box <laughs> planted usually with a variety of small plants. Okay, so I can say I have more than a window box, Okay as a garden. So I guess I can really say I have a garden. Anyway, last year we, 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 we re-landscaped where we put this garden, okay, for the last 25, 28 years. And so we had to find another place. The problem is there's really not another good place in, in our yard to really put a garden. And so I tried something different. I decided to try a hay bale garden. Any of you ever heard of that? Wow. Okay, so I hadn't either until just a few months ago, and I thought, hey, I'm going to give it a shot. And, and so I tried something different. I got bales of hay. I prepared them in a very specific way. And, and, and then after two weeks, I planted my garden, and we now have lettuce and cabbage and squash and zucchini and broccoli and tomatoes, cucumbers, strawberries, all in Six bales of hay. Check that out. Now there's a very specific process in, in, in getting these hay bales 
to grow. And so it's about a two-week process. And so the first three days, you just water them, water them, water them. You soak them down good. And then days four through six, you put a certain amount of nitrogen on them and water them again. Day uh, seven through nine, you put a different amount of nitrogen on them, water them again, water them again. And then days 10 through 12, I actually did 10 through 14, you water them again. You just soak them. And, and so what happens is over that two-week process, that nitrogen and water basically breaks down the hay to compost. And you have a ready for a garden. And so there's my garden, folks. <laughs> Everything is growing except for the strawberries. They never came up. They never even turned green or sprout out of the ground. The deer got some of my cucumbers and, and lettuce. Now, granted, I live downtown Gaffney, okay? And I got deer eating my food, eating my garden, all right? <clears throat> But the bugs almost got my broccoli and the cabbage. And, and one of my tomato plants is growing really tall on the, on the end down there. The one in the middle is growing a lot slower. So, so what do I do with the problems there? Well, I've given up completely on the strawberries. Okay, I've just counted them out. We're going to go to the store and buy them, I guess. But I put a fishing line around the bar to a barrier there to keep the deer out. I put bug killer out to take care of the bugs. And then I put fertilizer on it regularly to help it keep growing. And now the buds are forming. I've got uh, uh, vegetables are showing up. And we've already had several meals um, off of the lettuce, okay, several dinners uh, of salad. So that's been pretty good. But the more I thought about this and the more I thought about the garden and all, I began to see the similarities of, of that and sharing the gospel. And we'll see that in... In Luke chapter 10, if you will, turn with me to Luke chapter 10. And, and we see in that story where Jesus is sending out the 72 disciples. That is, He sends them out, He gives them a warning, He gives them encouragement, and then He gives them a simple process to follow. And that's what we're going to look at today, that, that process of what He shares with His disciples, how they're to go out and share the gospel. In Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 12, uh, we see there at the beginning, verse 1, Jesus sends out the disciples, the 72. It says in verse 1, After this the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of Him to every town and place where He was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And here's the warning. It says, Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among the wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. And then he begins to tell them the process. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. And do not move around from house to house. And then he gives them encouragement. He gives them the gift of healing. And he says in verse 8, When you enter a town and are welcome, eat what is offered to you. We use that verse right there quite often on mission, foreign mission trips. Okay, You just eat what they give you, and you trust in the Lord for your safety and your health. Okay. 
When you enter a town and are welcome, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcome, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from, the feet, from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of for Sodom than for that town. And then he gives them in verse 16 and 17, he gives them further encouragement. He, he gives them a clarity of mission and he gives a good testimony of what happens when they go out and follow this process. In verse 16, he says, Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me, meaning God. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submitted to us in your name. Wow. They were obedient to following the way Christ told them to share the gospel. There's a, in sales, there's an old saying, and I've used it several times here, some will, some won't, so what? Okay, next. Some will, some won't, oh well, next. Who's the next one? Because some of them, you know, some people are going to listen to your sales pitch, other people aren't. Some people are going to listen to you about the Lord Jesus, and some people aren't. And so when we share the gospel, we, we invite them to church, we hand them a tract, we need to remember that some will respond and some won't. Some won't. And so the process that Jesus is talking about here that he lays out in this passage is, is first of all, he sends them out. Folks, he sends us out. When we leave here this morning, we're being sent out into a dark world to share the love of Jesus with everybody we meet. We're to offer uh, peace we're to, we're to leave if we're not accepted, okay? If they reject the message, that's okay. Turn around and leave. Meet their needs if possible and then offer the gospel to them. And so we find out in verse 1, we, we see in verse 1 where Jesus sends out the 72. Look at that again. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. So he appointed 72 others now, sharing the gospel is not, was not limited to just Jesus and the twelve, was it? <clears throat> or in our day, the pastor and the deacons. That responsibility is for everybody. You see, when we accept Christ, we accept the responsibility to know Him and to make Him known to the world. Our acceptance qualifies us and God commissions us to go to share the gospel. The gospel. You know, all this week, all we've heard this week is about the movie what? What? Top Gun. Top Gun. It's on social media. It's on the news. It's in the conversations that you have. How many of you have seen it already? All right, several of you have. Several people have. And, and man, you look on the news feeds on social media and it's, man, this is great. This is awesome. This is even better than, than the first one. It's defined. It's a defining moment. You know, it's just the right time in our country. You know, we needed this now. I needed it. What if the world, what if Christians were talking as much about Christ as they were the movie Top Gun? It would be a different world. 
we could really say, man, this is just what the world's needed. This is just the perfect time. And this is right. This is life changing. This is a defining moment. How do we get as excited about telling others about Jesus as we do about the next movie that comes out or the, the new restaurant that's opening up in town or the, 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 the amusement park or your trip on the, the, your vacation trip to the beach or the mountains, whatever it might be? Amen. So Jesus sends them out. You see, they were excited. They had seen Jesus work. They had been following Jesus around day after day, week after week, month after month. And now Jesus commissions them, say, you go out, you're going to have, you're going to be able to do the things I'm doing. And so he sends them out. And he says to offer them peace. In other words, introduce yourself to the people. Uh, Start a conversation. Begin building a relationship with people. Where they, where they trust you as a person, where they trust your, your story that you're going to share with them. And everybody, when you do that, everybody's going to say, yeah, I want to hear about Jesus, don't they? Nope, they don't, do they? Some will turn, some will close the door, some will drive off, some will, you know, say unnice things to you, <laughs> you know, but that's okay. If we're not accepted, sharing the gospel isn't about debating somebody or, or arguing with somebody or a confrontation. It's not about picking a fight. If they reject you, it's okay because they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the message. They're rejecting Christ. Some will, some won't. So what? Okay, next. Verse 16, it says, whoever listens to you listens to me. When you go out, whoever listens to you, will they're listening to Christ. They're not listening to you. Whoever rejects you, rejects me. Whoever rejects you, isn't rejecting you. They're rejecting Christ. But whoever rejects Christ, rejects Him who sent me. They're rejecting God the Father. Folks, if they're not interested, just simply say thanks for your time. You know, politely say, it's great, you know, have a, have a great day, have a blessed day. How can I pray for you? And there are going to be people that say, I don't even want you to pray for me. But we probably do anyway, don't we? But that's okay. They're not rejecting us. They're rejecting Christ and they're, they're rejecting the message. And so remember, some will, some won't. Okay, it's okay. We're going to the next one. You see, only we, we can't do anything. It's only the Holy Spirit that... That, that can convict. It's only God that can change our hearts. It's only God that can dr- bring a person into repentance. And so we, we offer the peace. We, if they're not acceptable to the message, we, we leave. And then we, we try to meet their needs if possible. We have events here at church where we uh, uh, try to meet people's needs so we have an opportunity to then share the gospel with them. In this passage in verse 9, it says, it says to heal the sick who are there and then tell them. Heal the sick, meet their needs, meet their physical needs first and then tell them the kingdom of God is near and then share the gospel with them. 
Number one, if you've met their need, you've probably already began uh, establishing a relationship with them. You begin talking to the person and, and building that relationship. You've met their needs, so there's some trust there. And so it opens up the opportunity for us to go forward and, and share the gospel. So we meet their needs and we share the gospel. Verse 9 and 11 both say, the king, tell them that the kingdom of God has come near to you. What does that look like? Is it handing them an, an engager pamphlet in your, uh, that's in your uh, kit here? By the way, if you don't have one, uh, pick one up on your way out. Uh, full of great resources to, to begin the conversation with people. Maybe it's, maybe it's a, an, an invitation to church. Come and see what God is doing. Maybe it's, it, it's telling them the gospel message. Maybe it's walking them through the Roman road. Maybe it's telling them your story about how God has changed your life, about what God is doing in your life. Because you see, the world needs Jesus. Listen to Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 6. It says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Folks, this is the problem with our world. This is the problem with our country. More and more of the minds of this world are being led by the flesh instead of being led by the Spirit of God. And as a result of being led by the flesh, that's where it's leading us to all the, the crime and the lawlessness and the, the, the immorality and corruption, the self-righteousness, the hatred, the pridefulness, the materialism, the, uh, the self-worship, the evil and the wickedness in the world. And all of that leads to death, folks. There's no law that we can pass. There's no law that can be put into place that can change a wicked heart. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And folks, our, our leaders are, are blind to this truth and refuse to admit the problem is the absence of God in our society. They want to make laws. What we need is a revival and a renewal of the hearts of the people in this world. The church has, has failed to effectively make the Lord known. We failed to demonstrate our faith to other people. We failed to pass our faith on to the next generation. Right. So folks, are we, are we blinded to the need of Christ no. in this world? Right, Do we not see the sense of urgency when we open the paper, when we turn our computer on, when we, when we ride down the street? Do we not see that the, the that the world needs God? Are we, are we okay with the world going to hell? That's the ultimate question. Folks, Jesus said to go. To go out into the worlds. And He said, I will go with you. I will go with you. He, he told us to simply sow the seed and leave the rest up to Him. Folks, the, the world is finding out and going to find out in the months to come what happens when we fail to plant the seeds. The wheat in Ukraine, the farms in the U.S., the, 
the corn in the Midwest, the fertilizer. They're all in short supply. And we're on the cusp of a, of a, war, a world food shortage. A famine is coming to, to many countries. That's, that's what people are saying. That's what the professionals are saying. And likewise, our world is in the midst of a Holy Spirit famine. And just as people are going to die from a food shortage, people are going to die eternally without the Holy Spirit. People are dying and going to hell because it's okay. Because it's okay with us. Because if it weren't, we would be doing something more about it. But we ask the question, what if? What if we were obedient? What if we were obedient? like the 72 that, that Jesus sent out. It says in verse 17, the 72 returned with joy. They were excited about what God had done. And I'm going to venture to say, that wasn't the last time they went out and shared the gospel. You see, they were excited what God had done in them and what God has, was doing through them. And He was doing a mighty work. It says the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submitted in your name. They went under the control of the Holy Spirit. Preaching in His name. Desiring His will to be done. You see, when, when we go and when we share people are going to respond kind of like my garden did. Maybe it's like the strawberries and nothing happens. They reject everything you say and remain dead in Christ. Maybe it's like the cucumbers and the lettuce and the world's trying to eat away at their souls. And maybe it's like the cabbage and the broccoli. Their, their sinful habits are slowly consuming their desire to come and see. But maybe, just maybe, like the tomato plants, they will grow strong and produce fruit, much fruit, for the kingdom of God. Because you see, some that we share with will. We are all here today because someone shared the gospel of God with you. We are here today because somebody loved us enough to share the gospel with us. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Fruit that will last. I had one tomato plant several years ago. I bet that thing grew eight feet tall. And, 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 I, and I promise you, we got tomatoes off of that thing up into December. It was producing much fruit. <laughs> Everything else had died, but this one was still shooting out tomatoes. Amen. It was bearing much fruit. Are we, are we bearing much fruit? Are we sowing the seeds? Are we praying God use me? 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 through 9, we're like the gardener in that we simply sow the seed. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned, <clears throat> has assigned to each his task. I'm planting the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. And here it is. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. We have one purpose, that's to sow the seed. Then it goes on to say, we will be rewarded for our work in doing so. We will be rewarded for the work of sowing the seed. For we are co-workers with God's, in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. We sow the seed, but the Holy Spirit draws them to God. We may or may not be a part of the harvest. The harvest is the Lord's. He sends us out and we go. We sow, but He grows. Listen to this, folks. God won't do our part. God won't do our part. But we can't do His part. God won't do our part and we can't do His part. You see, outreach is, is not about the outcome. There's nothing we can do about that. All we do is sow the seed to toss them out there. God brings about the harvest. It's about simply about our obedience to God and doing what He's called us to do. And so the, the simple question we have to ask ourselves is are we being obedient in this part of our life? Amen. Are we being obedient in this area of our life? Are we sowing the seed? You see, folks, God wants everyone, God wants everyone to hear the good news. And if we're called and we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we then become qualified. And when we receive Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. And as we go, we take the Holy Spirit with us wherever we go. He tells us He will never leave us nor forsake us. And He's given us a simple process as we go. The question is, will we follow in obedience? Amen. Folks, people are dying in sin every day. And day by day, the world is spiraling farther and farther out of control into utter darkness. But Christ, Christ, who is the light of the world, is the only hope this world has. Is the only hope that those living in darkness will have for eternity. But who will tell them? Who's going to tell them? Will you... Determine in your hearts today to follow His command in obedience. Simply put, there's someone. There's someone out there waiting on you to respond in the Lord's obedience, obedience to the Lord. There's somebody. Somebody living in darkness. 
Somebody living apart from Christ that needs to hear the hope that only Christ can give us. Will we be obedient? Will you be obedient to the Lord Jesus? Somebody's waiting. Somebody's waiting on you. We just have to simply say, today, today I'm going to follow Christ wherever He leads, whatever He wants me to do, to go wherever He wants me to go, to speak to whoever He wants me to speak. And He will be glorified. Father God, we pray this morning that we will indeed be found faithful to Your Word. God, that we will be found obedient to Your call on our life. God, that, we, that You open up our hearts, God, that we have eyes to see and ears to hear, God, people that are hurting, people that are living in darkness, people living in hopelessness, God, that we can share the good news of Jesus with them. For God, You have set forth a really simple process. Yes, there are going to be some that say no. There are going to be some that take multiple times to hear the gospel. And there are going to be times where much fruit is harvested. God, are we being fruitful in our life? Are we being obedient? Can we say today that I am deciding today, right now, right here in this moment, that I will follow Christ wherever He goes. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.